Chicas! Underway here on ESPN Plus alongside Hercules Gomez. I am Sevi Salazar. This is episode 304. If you're listening to the podcast, you can't see it, but if you're watching, you can see it. It's our Thanksgiving special, Herc. What do you think of my outfit here? All right. Look at that. All right, I gotta, I gotta let the people know. This man right here refused to wear a costume for Halloween. He refused to wear something, and here he is, dressed up as Tata Martino on Thanksgiving. What's going on? Mm-hmm. You don't like my outfit? First of all, I did dress up on Halloween. I dressed up as one Hercules Gomez. So. Terrible. I mean, you ha- We could have dressed up well. Anyways, it's good to see you. I- I'm thankful that we're here together, sharing with the people on Thanksgiving Day. Absolutely, and we're gonna be doing something a little bit different. Since it is our Thanksgiving special, we're gonna be giving a list of things that we are thankful for here at Football Americas, plus her working our way through a couple of top 10 goals lists from leagues that are very near and dear to the heart of this show. Of course, I'm talking about the National Women's Soccer League and the USL championship uh, as well so production has been working hard we got the top 10 goals from all season in the nwsl uh, and usl we got this great list of things that we indeed are thankful for here uh, at football americas from the calendar year of 2023 all right so let's start with the biggest thing to hit these shores in quite some time Lionel messi signing with inter miami messi joining miami from psg and just eight months removed from winning the world cup with argentina The 36-year-old arrived with pretty much the highest possible expectations and then delivered, taking last place Miami on a sensational run to the League's Cup title. Injuries and uh, fatigue cost him the Open Cup final and quite a bit uh, of the end of the regular season, but Messi still managing to make headlines, Herc, as the first ever active MLS player to win the Ballon d'Or. I know I'm grateful for Messi's arrival on South Beach. What about you? Not as grateful as Major League Soccer, I'll tell you that. And that's really what it comes down to, right? It was a pivotal moment in the history of Major League Soccer. They moved away from the traditional powers in TV of ESPN, of Fox, of Tudan in Spanish, and it went to Apple. And in a moment where everybody had doubts, in a moment where you needed that immediate injection of, of life into the veins of the American soccer fan of Major League Soccer, who comes to save the day again? David Beckham. Bringing Lionel Messi, the original DP, brings the DP that's going to change the league. And it was storybook, Seb. From the moment he stepped onto the training field, it was something like two, three days before his first League's Cup game. The man was on a beach in, the, in like the Bahamas, in Bermuda somewhere, sipping on Mai Tais, hanging out, soaking in the sun, goes and has a few training sessions, and it comes in against Cruz Azul in the first League's Cup game mm. and immediately changes that franchise forever. No, it changed the moment he signed, but he just sealed it with that walk-off free kick. I'm thankful for the arrival of Messi to America because of the way it's going to change football in this country. Yeah, absolutely. It's huge, Herc. I was down there in the days before the presentation, what was really Messi watch week when people were following his, his every move what he was doing at the supermarket was headline news there's never been anything in american soccer that that was that white hot maybe maybe folks who were around when pele arrived could 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 speak to that but certainly not in your existence certainly not in my existence and there's never been anything in major league soccer that's been anywhere near that white hot it was so exciting even before he ever played a game it made major league soccer at least in miami right 
especially in those League's Cup games, it made them must-watch TV in a way that I don't think that the league um, has ever truly been. This guy delivered in every way possible. Uh, it was amazing, Herc. And what's exciting to me is I feel like we're just scratching the surface. I think like Inter-Miami and Lionel Messi are set up for big things in 2024. If you think about not just the results once he got there, and I know they faded a little bit towards the end of the season, uh, but the way they played, like the second he stepped on the field in that Cruz Azul game. Remember, it was him and Robert Taylor and DeAndre Yedlin. Suddenly, they're they're pinging it around like Barcelona. Well, imagine what a year under Tata Martino will do. Imagine as more and more players come. We're hearing about Luis Suarez. We've heard about Luka Modric. You know Messi's going to bring more. I think we've just seen the very beginning of what Messi and Miami can do in this league. To me, they got to be overwhelming MLS Cup favorites in 2024. Tell me I'm wrong. Uh, I think you're wrong, and I think they... That was, I think that was you proven. Sounders TV. No, listen, I think that was proven uh, towards the end, just with the makeup of these players. You bring in a lot of players who are in their mid-30s because you're going to have mm -hmm. Jordi Alba, Sergio Busquets. You're going to have Messi. There's, there's rumors of Suarez. We've heard Luka Modric interested. We've also heard in recent days that David De Gea, the goalkeeper, who right now doesn't have a team, uh, who turned down, uh, you know, money from Saudi Arabia is linked to Inter-Miami. So you bring in these type of players and it's a long season. And some of these mm. players are going to go to Copa America. And that was the issue with Messi was dividing his time between club and country. And I think that ultimately did Inter-Miami in. He's good. He's great. He's the best when he's on the field and when he played for you. But he's got to stay healthy. And with the amount of travel that he will be doing here in the continental United States, and in North America, should Canada as well. Uh, and then you add in their Copa America. I think that may be a, a, a little bit too much on his legs. Now factor that by times five when you got all these other players who may play a role in their national teams, who may also suffer from those that fatigue, that fitness, that travel, all these issues that we've come to, to know and, and see with these players. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. And next on our list of things that we are thankful for here on Football Americas in 2023, Emma Hayes' appointment as manager of the U.S. Women's National Team. She, of course, takes over after a long spell at Chelsea, where she took over in 2012. Six league titles there with Chelsea, five FA Cup titles with Chelsea, made it to a Champions League final where they lost to that uh, iconic Barcelona team in 2021. She takes over for Vladko Anonofsky, who of course was dismissed uh, after the 2023 World Cup failure team going out in the round of 16. Herc, uh, everybody, 
everybody knows how thankful I am for Emma Hayes' hire. What about you? Are you thankful for Emma Hayes' appointment uh, as the next U.S. Women's National Team Manager? Not as thankful as you. I am thankful ah, because it's there your there it is. There it's, it is. Well, because well, cause that, that was your number one, right? That's your number, number one. Number one, period. Number one in the entire, everywhere, world, planet Earth. My number one Would candidate. you put her over Serena uh, Wiegmann? Would you put yes. her over Wiegmann, who, who's been yes. at two finals? She's been, yes. okay, you would put her over Wiegmann. Yes. I, I, I wouldn't. And he, I'm not saying that Emma Hayes isn't a fantastic hire. Why I am grateful for her, I think it's a progressive hire for U.S. soccer. I think mm -hmm. it's them having a deep conversation with what they want to be. And if, in their eyes, Emma Hayes is the best women's coach out there, not available, out there, and they believe they have the best women's program out there, they need to go after a coach like this. With Emma Hayes comes change. Vlako Andonovsky was successful in the NWSL. Was not successful with the U.S. Women's National Team. Mm -hmm. Emma Hayes has been successful pretty much everywhere she has been. Will remain to be seen with the U.S. Women's National Team. Now, what I love about this is she has expertise in a administrative role. Mm -hmm. So she knows how to build something. She knows about projects. She knows about building a roster, building a team. I do think there needs to be a complete overhaul of this program. And what I mean by that is we are now trying to, the U.S., play catch up to the rest of the world when it comes to the women's game. For the longest of times, you had a leg up because of Title IX and because you had these feeder systems or, or feeder uh, programs in universities. Well, now the rest of the world has caught up. The women's game, they actually have... Academ they have uh, academies, they have, uh, they have programs, they have uh, major money and, and, and European clubs backing them. They have a built-in pipeline and system and great coaching that they are taking advantage of. They have the resources that they've never had that now you are trying to tap into. I think Emma Hayes can be a good bridge to that, so I'm thankful for that. Yep. You talk about it being a progressive move. A lot of that comes down to the money, right? Reportedly, yeah. she's going to make around 1.5 million, that's around the same as Greg Berhalter. That's apparently gonna make her the highest paid coach in professional women's soccer. So it is US soccer putting their money where their mouth is. And it, it's tough for us. I'll certainly say for me on this show, it's not very often that we give US soccer credit, but we gotta give them credit because we have hammered them. And I think they have been hammered, hammered rightfully in the public space, basically going back to 2016, um, this equal pay fight with the women. Then on top of that, they're significant role, I think, in the NWSL sexual abuse scandals. Uh, in 2021, there was a horrible language from the lawyers in 2020 that forced Carlos Cordero to resign as the president. All of that seems to have hurt, seems to have taught some people at U.S. soccer some lessons. And that lesson is coming through here in the money that's being sent. That's a significant amount that's, that's, that's important. But it's not just the money that's being spent. They went and got a person from a club situation that she didn't want to leave, right? Emma Hayes was not trying to leave Chelsea. They went and they pried her away from Chelsea. And we got to give Matt Crocker, I think, a lot of credit for this hire. You see her, what he can do when he fully applies himself and has a lot of time. And it makes me question even more the appointment of Greg Berhalter on the men's side. Because if you could deliver the best candidate in the world on the women's side, how are we to accept an, an explanation um, that you landed on Greg Berhalter on the men's side, who is clearly, no matter what list you're working off, 
not your best candidate. That's that's the head scratcher here. It's not a head with scratcher. The it's not a head scratcher, Seb. You're trying to tell me the best coach in the world is going to play for 1.5. He's going to coach for 1.5 million dollars on the men's side. You don't have. To, you could get a better coach than somebody for 1.5 million dollars. No, no. You don't you're, have to get the best the, in the world. Okay, come close to that. Come close to that. Now, now, this isn't equal pay. It's on equity, and she's clearly, clearly mm -hmm. in U.S. soccer's head or heart of hearts the best viable option, which is why she makes more than all her counterparts around the world. Greg Berhalter doesn't come close to those or his counterparts around the world. So to me, it was a bit of a business decision as well. I'm not saying it's the correct one, but it's just not a head scratcher for me. Yeah, much needed. That's the other reason we're real grateful for, right? Much needed after the epic failure uh, in the Australia-New Zealand World Cup going out round of 16, worst World Cup ever for the U.S. women. And I'll just add this one final note. You know, we I got to work with her when Emma Hayes was part of ESPN's coverage uh, on the Euros. So, uh, one, just for clarity's sake, I, I did get to work with her. You've Take everything her. I say about Emma Hayes uh, with a grain of salt. But I got to tell you this. I was incredibly impressed. She works in the club game. She came prepared to ESPN. She had a dossier on every international team in that European tournament. So, the U.S. women have the players, and I guarantee you, Herc, they're going to be well prepared for what's coming. Uh, in the Olympics, even if she's only working for a few months, she's going to have the opposition well scouted, and she's going to have this U.S. team uh, well Looking prepared. Forward so there to you it. have it. Emma Hayes, one of the many things we're thankful for here on Football Americas in 2023. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's move on with our list of things we're thankful for here in 2023, Her Christian Pulisic. Leaving Chelsea for AC Milan, move happened in mid-July for a reported fee of $25 million. Pulisic signing a four-year deal with the Italian club shortly uh, after joining. The 24-year-old spent four seasons at Chelsea, won a Champions League, won a Club World Cup as well, uh, but generally was in and out of the team and often injured through his first 10 games in Serie A with AC Milan. Her and Christian Pulisic, uh, four goals and two assists. What are we more thankful for here? His arrival at AC Milan or his departure from Chelsea? Departure from Chelsea. Listen, mm -hmm. what's going on at AC Milan right now is great. And I think a lot of Milan fans have been very, very pleased, maybe some pleasantly surprised with his performance. Um, it wasn't all bad at Chelsea, right? You get a 70-plus million dollar move to a team like Chelsea in your time there. You show... Lots of flashes of the player that everybody thinks you can be, everybody wants you to be. You win a Champions League. But from the moment you get there, it was just one after the other, whether it was, whether it was uh, Frank Lampard 
you know, not giving him uh, that kind of respect towards the end. And then in comes a coach in Thomas Tuchel, who he had, who gave him his debut in Dortmund. And I still remember the day we interviewed him, Seb, uh, out here in, in Beverly Hills. I went out, interviewed him, and I asked him if he still feels or how hard it is to maybe have your coach who gave you that debut as a 16-year-old not view you as that 16-year-old and the look on his face of like he knew that was it I knew then he had to go after that comes Graham Potter and then it's like was it Lampard first and then Graham Potter it was just one after the other uh, where it was just a toxic situation and you just knew he needed to leave Um, sometimes things aren't meant to be Regardless, I think it was a great learning experience for him, and it's proven to be beneficial in this next chapter with Milan. Yeah, toxic's the right word. Plus, it's not like Chelsea's tearing up any trees right now, right? They're right. 10th. Uh, there's no European football. He's getting that uh, with AC Milan. It's It's been a perfect fit, right? And I think the biggest thing we always complained about at Chelsea, which is the truth from the minute he got there, was that he was never anybody's choice. Yeah. There was never a manager that really wanted him. Well, Stefano Pioli really wants him has a role for him. He's off to a great start. That's another thing, Herc. I don't think you can you know, overstate the value of that. When you make a move like this, for him to get off to a great start uh, is massive for Christian Pulisic at AC Milan. It's massive for him at club level. And really, Herc, I think it's big at the international level. It's the next step for him in terms of being the guy for the U.S. It's not like what was happening at Chelsea necessarily made him a bad player with the U.S., But I wonder if maybe we haven't yet, and we've seen a lot of good of Christian Pulisic with the U.S. men's national team, but maybe we haven't seen the best because we haven't seen him with a club the size of AC Milan really sink into a role of being the guy. And if he becomes the guy or one of the guys for AC Milan, you can bet he's going to be even more consistent, even more deadly for the U.S. at CONCACAF level and really anywhere else. I think he's one of the guys at Milan. There's only one guy at Milan that I would say is the guy, and that's Rafa Leao. But if mm-hmm. you even see, if you watch the games, Rafaela is constantly looking for Christian Pulisic. He, he looks for that type of player. He's having fun with that type of player, Christian Pulisic. He can get there. And I absolutely agree with what you're saying. I mean, oftentimes it was the U.S. men's national team would be the refuge of Christian Pulisic from his Chelsea situation. And now it's like he's finally enjoying his club and country. He's in a, in a moment right now where he's filled with tons of confidence, and it's all about keeping him healthy. And on the field, mm-hmm. it really is. And bringing Yunus Musa along with him, right? Because we've yeah. seen uh, Yunus Musa slide right into a starting role at AC Milan uh, as well in that midfield. All right, next on our list, on our thankful list here in 2023, we're going to Santiago Jimenez, uh, at least his club form. The 22-year-old Mexican striker with 13 goals, three assists in 12 league games so far for Feyenoord in the Eredivisie. He also had that uh, brace in the Champions League against Lazio. He's been linked to... Clubs like Real Madrid and Barcelona and La Liga, Tottenham Hotspur uh, in the Premier League. And so, Herc, at a time when there are very few Mexican players succeeding in Europe, Santi Jimenez, most definitely something to be thankful for. Absolutely. And it's all on how dire the situation is with the rest of his teammates, the rest of that pool, when it comes to European aspirations, playing the top European clubs. Here you have a player who's a young Mexican nine. And if you know anything about Mexican nines, they're hard to come by. They're hard mm. to come by not only in Europe, but in Mexico, Seb. They don't get a lot of opportunities in Mexico. So here you have a kid who's early 20s. Okay, I believe he's like 21, 22 years old. Who's tearing it up and fine. The Netherlands. 
It's a feeder league to bigger and better, but it's a feeder league to bigger and better. And here are that bigger and better chasing after him. We've heard reports of Real Madrid, Barcelona, Tottenham Hotspurs. We've heard reports of bigger teams, you know, in the Premier League, etc. This is a player that's finding his form. It's a player that's still maturing into his professional habitat. And you know, I know we want, I know we always want to turn this back to the national team, but oftentimes. Somewhere in that club success, it's the opposite. You're not doing well at club, but you are at national team. This kid is turning it on with this club, and hopefully that'll translate with the national team. I mean, that's that's the unspoken part of this. You know, I said it. I said it in the intro. We're we're thankful for his club success. It hasn't translated yeah, to the national team yet, but it's super important because it has been a dark year for Mexican soccer. It's really been a dark two or three years, both on the results front, Herc, obviously, right? The worst World Cup since the 1970s. But when you talk about the player pool, this is the most depressed that the Mexican player pool uh, has been in my lifetime, right? You have very few players who are succeeding at the highest level. He's not at the highest level yet, uh, but he is really turning it up. And when you have a player from, obviously, Mexico, it's rare, but from really, Herc, we have to be honest, this region, it is rare for a player to be linked to Real Madrid, Barcelona, to be spoken about in terms of a 50 million or 100 million euro transfer. That is rarefied air for a player from CONCACAF, for Santiago Jimenez to be doing it and to be doing it as a number nine, right? That is the position worldwide that everybody wants to play. That's the one that's toughest to, 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 to lock down and to produce at. He's doing it in a league. He's drawing interest from elsewhere. Uh, and this is a guy that Mexican soccer absolutely 100% needs to come good not just for himself and the national team, right? The national team in the next three years is going to need him to score. But right now, Herc, he is the flag for Mexican soccer internationally. And if he can produce, hopefully it'll drag more interest and take more guys with him. Because right now, the amount of Mexicans in Europe is a huge problem uh, for the future of this national team. Yeah. If it wasn't for Santiago Jimenez, who would you hang your hat on? Memo who Choa. would you hang your hat on? Memo Choa. The world. Yeah. And he's huh. he's going to be 42 at the World Cup, but that's who the world yeah. would say it's Memo And his Choa. team's going to be in Serie B next season. Yeah. I mean, if, if things go the way they are. Yeah. But, I mean, that's that's how bleak it is on the uh, on the Mexican pool. Hopefully, Santiago Jimenez can turn those uh, those 15 goals so far for club into some goals for, uh, for Mexico. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, the last thing we're grateful for here. Well, not the last thing, but the last thing we're going to talk about in this edition of Football Americas. The last thing we're thankful for here on this Thanksgiving special, the Eredivisie, the top flight of Dutch football, which, of course, you can watch on ESPN+, Plus, but that's not why we're thankful for it. No, because it's become a haven for CONCACAF players. No better example than PSV uh, with Chucky Lozano, Serginho Des, Malik Tillman, Ricardo Pepe, of course, uh, Santiago Jimenez with Feyenoord. Georgi Mihailovic plays with Aced Alkmaar, Taylor Booth with FC Utrecht, uh, Jorge Sanchez technically still on the books uh, at Ajax, though he's on loan uh, at Porto. But how about that? The Eredivisie, Herc, a haven for CONCACAF abroad. But nothing's new. I mean, from the era of Demarcus Beasley, John O'Brien, you can go back to <clears throat> Lee Wynn on the Mexican side, 
all the top Mexicans have literally gone through the Eredivisie. I mean, Guardado uh, coming through there. You've got a lot of quality players. The best we've seen at Chucky Lozano, the first go around, two 17-goal seasons uh, with PSV. What we're seeing from him now, the resurgence, which seems to be translating onto the national level, it's just one of those leagues that suits the CONCACAF player well, suits the American very well, suits the Mexican player well onto bigger and better. And we're seeing it again this season. Look at Ricardo Pepe, who mm -hmm. was at, you know, FC Dallas and the U.S. Men's National Team killing it, gets sold for 20 million to, to Osberg uh, of the Bundesliga. And it's the worst time he's ever had on a football pitch. Goes to uh, Groningen, was it? Mm -hmm. Goes to Groningen. That's mm -hmm. right. It was Groningen. Uh, completely has a kills it, has a great. What is it? What I say? Yeah, you nailed it. You nailed the pronunciation. Yeah. I'm remembering our guy uh, Pascal Cam Camperman who yes. uh, taught us how to say that. Yes, exactly. Go, oh. Goes there, kills it, and parlays, parlays that into a big move to PSV. <clears throat> Malik Tillman, who, who who is doing well there right now. I mentioned, you know, Chucky Lozano. Go to Sergio Des, who's having a resurgence. You know, he wasn't even playing for Barcelona. Gets loaned to Milan. It's a worse situation than it was at Barcelona, if you could imagine that. It seems to be a safe haven for a lot of these Concaf players. Yeah, and it's working for the teams that are doing it, right? Santiago Jimenez, huge part of Feyenoord's uh, title run last year. PSV off to an incredible start this year. 12-0, and 0, perfect. 12 wins from 12 games. They're using all those guys. Uh, Serginho Des is on the best team in the league in an attacking league playing right back. He's like a pig in mud. Tillman's doing great. Pepe's the only one I think at PSV you can complain about. Who would have thought Luke I De Jong is going to start every single freaking game at 33 years Luke old. Luke Young on. is like an MVP in the Eredivisie right now. 10 goals, know, 6 assists. And give like, my man a break. That's Just right. give him a break. But, but Peter Bosch, said his, the, the manager said it himself. Like mm -hmm. his, The only thing I can say about Ricardo Pepe, he's got the misfortune of playing behind the team captain and goal scorer Luke DeJohn at this moment. But when he comes in, he scores. He does well. Yeah. Um, all the guys that we're talking about, though, are kind of in the ascendancy of their career outside of Lozano. And, and, and his arrival in this league, I think, is the most interesting of the lot because we know from reports today there's a lot of interest in major league soccer the la galaxy won him. we know he was close to an mls move potentially when he was on his way out of napoli there needed to be a middle ground for chucky lozano herc i don't know if you remember on this program when we had hector herrera on he said that he talked to chucky when he came back to major league soccer and that chucky lozano was giving him a hard time at 32 so we know lozano wasn't keen on the idea of coming back to MLS himself while he was much younger, uh, 28. He needed a middle ground. He's founded at PSV, and I think it's going to pay huge dividends for the national team because it's going to keep him. He's getting that 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 elite level still because PSV is in the Champions League, and and that's big for a Mexican pool again, Herc, that doesn't have a lot of guys. So I think of all the players that have landed here in the Eredivisie, probably none we should be more grateful for than Chucky Lozano, even though I know for a lot of people it may have felt like a step back after Napoli. It is a step back at his club level, but I think it's helped him at the national team level. Look, the reality is the last good moment, not even great, good moment we saw from Chucky Lozano at the national team level was the goal he scored against Germany at the World Cup. After that, Napoli came around. There, there was a, a space of, of quite some time there, of years of Chucky Lozano. He had one good season in Napoli that didn't really translate in too much in terms of of silverware in Napoli, but when they finally were that 
title contender team. When they finally were that championship team, Chukalogzano scored three goals, three assists, and he was in and out of that lineup. He wasn't as important as he would have liked to have been for that Napoli team. So it's good to see him back into his goal-scoring ways, into playing well, first-team football uh, with, with PSV, and that translating over to the national team. He's been one of the better players for Jimmy Lozano. There you have it. Uh, Chucky Lozano, five goals, two assists through his first to eight league games back with PSV. All right, that'll do it for this Thanksgiving special edition of Football Americas. Been great to uh, hang out with you and hang out with Herc as well here on the show. We will be back on Monday, back to our regular time, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 5.30 p.m. Pacific, right here on ESPN+. Plus. Among other things, we will be recapping the Liga Amekis Femenil Final and also Herc talking some MLS MVP. But for now, enjoy the rest of your Thanksgiving. I'm going to call him if you want. Uh, If not, if you're watching us on Black Friday, enjoy your weekend. I'm going to get Lucho on. Uh, And then we'll see you back here on Monday. There he is. He's her. I'm Seb. Enjoy the rest of the holiday. Look at this guy. Turkey. Who brought brought the outfit today, huh? Best dressed. Best dressed 2023. Top 10. That turkey needs to get stuffed.